Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungy here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We are Fredless today, as I am your host, Tyler Fornis, but we have another special guest here today. After Jeremy Sexton was on last week, we have the connoisseur of the book review, and he is the co-host of Los Lucha Jobbers on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, and his name is Abraham Delgado. Abraham, how are you today? I'm doing Perfect. I just watched Dynamite, and I'm just going to say I'm a little bit more excited about some matches at the pay-per-view. Not that much, but yeah. Let's touch on so, Dynamite, because I thought I thought the yeah. show was interesting, and then we're going to get into an in-depth preview on the show. I thought I, I, this was probably the best go-home show we've had in, in Dynamite as far as an in-ring perspective. Normally, yeah. Tony doesn't like to do a lot of in-ring stuff beforehand because it's like, well... I don't want to give away stuff and I, I don't feel like it's necessarily worth it. I want to build up the show and not have a bunch of wrestling, but we had orange Cassidy against Kyle Flesher, which was good. We had Roger strong versus Daniel Garcia, which was relatively decent. And Taya Valkyrie versus lady frost uh, set up their, the match with Jade Cargill. And that was pretty decent as well. Like, yeah. I feel like this is one of the stronger in-ring lineups for a go home show. that dynamites had. Yeah, and the, and I love the main event, and and I think it's it like pumped me up, especially Mox promo after the the main event. It really gave me even more of a reason to care about the anarchy in the arena, and I just I just, I just love Moxley. How can I say? But yeah, in bring you're yeah. right. Uh, I love the main event. I love the uh, Orange Cassidy versus Kyle Fletcher, and yeah, best in ring home go home dynamite so what did you think of how they introduced sabu because it um for those of you who have listened to uh joe lanza on the flagship podcast talk about um anytime the lights go out oh it's sabu it's sabu but they didn't even put the lights out for him here kind kind of felt like an oddity like what were your what was your opinion on how they introduced him into aw canon i was disappointed because i was expecting the lights out even when Adam Cole started with the homicidal, suicidal, I thought that the lights were going were, were gonna go out and then turn on and it was gonna be in the ring. But no, we got like a whole entrance, which is cool. I appreciate Sabu in AEW, but mm-hmm. I just want that lights out. Just I, that's all I wanted. <laughs> so I, I hopefully we get it on Sunday. Hopefully. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll be honest. That would that would be really cool. And I'm guessing that Tony's going to hear the disappointment of people, like especially with Tony Khan being an ECW guy, having yeah. gone to ECW at the ECW arena as a kid, not doing the lights out thing. I felt really, really odd. But the, like like you said, maybe they do it at the pay per view and they kind of save it, which. I, I don't understand why that would be your thought process. Like the debut is what's going to get the most reaction. That's what's going to build it up because it's sad who he's in his fifties. How is like, if he does the, um, the chair moonsault, well, like I, I will pop like crazy. I don't know if he can do that anymore, but yeah, yeah. that would be fun. As hell. <laughs> I was going to ask, can he still do that? Can he still move? Does he still, is he still active? I think he's still active. I have no idea how well his movement skills are. I really yeah. don't. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's Sabu. Yeah, like he the like. Let's be honest. Super glue was literally created for yeah. how Sabu used it, but that doesn't mean with the advances advancements of medical technology, you just go into the back and crazy glue yourself shut. Like you can go to a doctor. Like they're taking care of it. It's okay, and like. Just how he, I mean, all the respect to him, but he destroyed his body in the ring. Oh yeah, like at like kind of intentionally to in order to be this enigma that he is, and like it's, I'm gonna be fascinated to see what he can do. I mean, he still throws a, a mean chair, and that was tremendous. Yeah, hopefully, I'm just, I don't know why, but the idea of I've seen Subway again after all these years. Mm-hmm made me happy even if i was disappointed with the with the introduction of him into AEW, i'm still excited for someday i have to admit the only reason <laughs> why i I'm, I'm excited about the jericho cold match is because of sabu mm-hmm. like i was i was a little bit excited but sabu just put it a little bit more it's Don't sabu I, yeah it's because it's sabu there's no other answer i mean yeah that's the only i mean if, if I if I if I was I don't know if I cared I don't know out of ten like five Sabu just got it up to seven or eight mm-hmm. just yeah, because uh, yeah I just want to see what he does maybe yeah. he would, he would jump maybe he would throw a chair break break a table who knows at the end of the day it's Sabu and you're yeah. gonna get Sabu things and that is that is what's exciting I thought um like kind of the rest of Dynamite because we're not gonna spend a ton of time on it um. Yeah. I thought what was really interesting is you got um, a promo from Hangman. You got a promo from the Blackpool Combat Club. You got a second one from Moxley. You had an appearance by the Young Bucks, but no Kenny Omega. No mm-hmm. Kenny Omega anywhere on the show building up to what is the hottest match on the pay-per-view. And I found that very interesting. Uh, uh, do you have any opinions on that, Abraham? Because uh, one of the benefits of, us doing the show we haven't talked about this show yet because that makes yeah. that makes for better audio but I, I found that point very interesting maybe he had something else maybe he's still not in vegas i mean that's what i thought that he was not in vegas maybe he had something else to do maybe he will be on rampage maybe he'll do a promo on rampage we still have one more show to go but yeah it was strange and you felt you know the lack of his presence and Don Callis too. But I don't yeah. think they're going to have only Don Callis without Kenny Omega. So I, we'll see. I'm thinking he's coming back on. Is Ramp- Rampage is live, right? No, I don't 
think so. Mm. It, you know what? It, it, it could be. I know it's not going. They're not going to be doing live rampages once collision starts. Exactly. Um, let 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 me check here. Because maybe they they're preparing something. You know, another go home angle for rampage with Kenny Omega. If, mm -hmm. Even though they have a really road to show on on rampage this Friday, I think it's like Ramp twelve a.m. twelve a.m. too. Okay, so rampage <laughs> rampage was already taped last night, so oh. uh, we won't go through spoilers, but we will talk about one match that I believe was made on rampage last night. So I guess we will talk rampage spoilers. Um, <laughs> let's let's kind of transition into. Um, well, look, we, I think we have to talk about CM Punk at least for a minute. And I know Fred and I yeah. are absolutely sick of talking about, um, like, uh, that catastrophe maniac punk. Um, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, it sounds like he is coming back. The, uh, tickets for the first collision in Chicago at the United center are on sale and they didn't, it wasn't an instant sellout like it was with his debut. I mean, you can't expect the exact same return on investment when you're doing it for a second time. But ticket sales are going really well, and yeah. Punk is officially coming back. Where do you stand on Punk coming back? How do you feel about it? Um, it's, I'm just tired of all this Punk talk, so that has taken a little bit of of the excitement out of me. Like I can't wait for his return. I think when he mm -hmm. comes back and he, he if he gets off social media, it will probably be great. He will probably have great programs. He will be a great addition to AEW this year. But I just want him to come back and just start wrestling or doing something because I'm tired of all the won't he, will he, what did he do this week? Did he wake up in the right side of the bed? Uh, did mm -hmm. the wall, did the wind blow the right way this morning? So I'm just tired of all this CM Punk drama. Like, I, like sometimes I understand why he acts the way he acts because yeah. I used I used to be like him. I used to explode at nothing, and I used to have um have this kind of like owner system, like um like oh you disrespected me, so you're out of my life for I don't know for a couple of months. But yeah, he's just he's like forty something. He's just he shouldn't be like me at sixteen. I think he he can be better. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. He he acts like a petulant teenager, um and like. It's really off-putting, but it's no doubt that the guy is over. I mean, just like a lot of petulant teenagers in the in the history of the world. I mean, just look at all the, the child stars from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and all the pop stars that have come around. Like, sometimes it doesn't matter how you act. It's all about what you are. And, uh, and what he is is a really good professional wrestler. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how long he lasts, not just from a breakdown standpoint, but I'm really intrigued Abraham to see if he ends up getting hurt again, because he's coming oh, off yeah. a second major injury in like he got injured twice in three months. First, it was a broken foot slash ankle. I can't remember which one, but he had surgery to repair it. And then he tore his tricep, which he had surgery to repair that as well. So that is going to be a fascinating, um, thing to look at as we continue to move forward with CM Punk back in AEW. Yeah, when he comes back, it has to be a dream match moment. Like, do all of the of the dream matches that you that you can do. If you want to do Okada Punk, do Okada Punk. But Tanahashi Punk, mm -hmm. do it. 
It's just you have to do it now before he gets hurt or or if there's another explosion by December. But you just have to do it because his body's not the same as before. So uh, he should Tony should write down all of the possible dream matches and see what he can do about it and just throw them out there. Especially since they have a huge summer. This, this summer is really exciting. There are a lot of huge shows. So will he has to do that. He has to, to create great matches. And also, I would like to see the MJF Punk field end. So it's dream match time. What can I say? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I, I hope that they do Punk MJF right away. And yeah. he... I think the idea was to have um, Punk as the champion for a while and then eventually lose the belt to MJF after a really long feud. Obviously, that things have changed. Now you have MJF. Like We don't know what his actual contract status is, if this is just a 100% ploy or if it's real. He's potentially going to WWE in 2024. Uh, and I think... If he is signed long-term, which my guess is he is, um, I don't see a world where they don't make a deal. Uh, and, like, you could you could do some long-term stuff still with CM Punk, but the, you got to at least have Punk give him, give him the win um, to, yeah. before he ends up leaving. And I think I think that would be the smart direction to go. Will they go that, that direction? We'll see. That's a That's a really intriguing element of this whole discussion. Yeah, we got a lot of shows. I mean, a lot of shows that need a lot of main events. So that is, I mean, 100% sure that will be one of them. Possibly for all in London, maybe all out, but I think it will happen in one of those shows. Yeah, I think so too. But let's let's get going with this pay-per-view because there, Abraham, there's a lot to talk about. Oh, and yeah. we're going to we're gonna do this game that Fred started a couple uh, pay-per-view cycles ago called the Heat Check. And I'm I'm going to ask you how excited you are for a certain match, and then I will give my opinion. We'll just we'll have a good conversation about it. And this is this is a very interesting card. And so far, um, based on what I'm looking at, we only have nine matches announced. I don't know if there will end up being more because you have um, you have like Anarchy in the Arena, which is going to get probably 25 30 minutes you have the four pillars four way which is probably getting 25 to 30 minutes the blackjack battle royal is probably getting 25 to 30 minutes so right there with three of those matches you have an hour and a half um so i guess you probably have a pre-show match being announced maybe on rampage that we don't know about yet but there's one show we'll talk one episode sorry one match we'll talk about that i believe has already been announced on rampage and we'll start with that one um Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. And if the Hardys win, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. Abraham, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited for you about this match? Zero. (laughs) I don't really care about contracts. Can we just stop buying up contracts? Can we stop having Matt Hardy on TV? That's 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 all. That's I mean that's all I want. Matt Hardy of my TV. And why did they bring Jeff back? I mean, just that's just I don't know what are they doing there. Why are they giving them the spotlight again? But I really don't care about this match or about contracts or who owns who's con. Oh my God! Just go out and wrestle or do something mm-hmm. interesting. 
What about yeah, you? No. Um, I'd say a two. two? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little intrigued by the interactions of because um, I mean we're talking about like Ethan Page and Hook. I think could have some interesting interactions because I, if I remember correctly, like as boring as Ethan Page is, he has a heavy martial arts background. And we know that Hook does a lot of judo stuff. So I think those interactions could be really fun if they get uh, like a little bit of time to shine. Um, every People are going to pop for the Hardys. They always do. And I yeah. think that affinity for the Hardys is it, it's really run thin with me and a lot of other people. And um, it yeah. sounds like you are included in that group. It's I, I want to see how Ethan Page and Hook interact because I think they've already had matches. And if, they have i completely forgot them but i think that could end up being fun um just because if they just get a couple minutes they don't have to put together something super cohesive Th- those specific interactions could be really good otherwise like i'm a little disappointed we're not getting big bill and lee moriarty in this spot and we're getting yeah. the guns um because big bill rules and should be used more on television and hopefully with, this, with this new show we're gonna get a big bill push Give me Big Bill versus Lance Archer and just big men doing big big boy stuff. Like that that sounds like a hell of a good time. Um yeah, I'm at a two. This is this screams oh, um Tony Khan actually confirmed it on the media call. This is will be on the pre-show. Um uh, okay. so I think that could be really interesting, but I I don't I still don't care. I yeah, I really don't care about especially actually if you if if the match had Big Bill. And Lee Moriarty, I will go at least one or two. It's not even them, it's the guns. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, um, Hook. I'm sorry, Hook. I love you, but <laughs> yeah, um, definitely no. Um, all right. So I think what's really cool about this entire card, outside of Anarchy in the Arena and Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, it's all title matches. So uh let's start with the title matches and let's start with uh Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie for the TBS championship. I think this build has been better than anybody ever thought it could be. And I, I'm intrigued to hear how excited you are for this match, Abraham. Um, at three. Okay. Um, I'm at three because, like you said, the build has been better than I thought. And I'm interested to see what happens after the match too. Maybe we get a return at the end of the match. But as the match per se, now that they have wrestled before, so it would probably be a better match than, the, than when they wrestle on Dynamite or Rampage. I forgot the two shows. So, yeah, I'm a little bit excited, but I think it will be just a fine short match in the middle, middle of the show. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm at like a six. Um, I don't think very highly of Ty Valkyrie at all in the ring, but I have to give credit where credit is due. This initial run in AW has been very good and not very good in the sense of, oh, she's just, just this tremendous in-ring worker. It's not like the Kingo coming in and just having a bunch of really good matches. It's everything's been cohesive. No, everything's been good to pretty good. And this feud actually has a little bit of juice. And you feel like this could actually be the moment where Jade loses her title. Because Jade's been kind of treading water for the most part ever since yeah. Chris Statlander got hurt because he felt like that was going to be it. But she's probably ready to come back from her torn ACL any day now. Wouldn't be shocked if she's like a, a post uh, double or nothing like um, return. 
I, I don't think they're going to get her return as cool as her popping up in that uh, claw machine. Oh, yeah, uh, that was the best that, return. <laughs> oh, that was tremendous. Yeah, awesome. And she, it, it gave me like, yeah, have you ever seen the movie Toy Story? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, where they got the alien in the claw machine. The, yeah. It gave me those kind of vibes because, you know, she's obviously painted like an alien. Yeah. But I, I, I'm very intrigued by this because they, even their first match was pretty good. I thought I ranted on the show. I thought they made uh, – Taya looked like an absolute geek. I mean, the woman is, I think she's 39 or 40. And they made her look like just an absolute noob in wrestling. Oh, she goes and tries to use Jade's move. And the ref's like, nope, you can't do it. And she's like, oh, man. And she's almost like pouting before getting rolled up. Like, I thought that was just a bunch of crap. But I I really think this could be decent. I don't think this will be good. But I think if you get a three to three and a quarter star match out of this, and the work is good, I think it's going to be a huge win because of what you're expecting, you know, like from a bell-to-bell perspective from Jade Cargill at this point. Yeah, I, do, I agree with you. I think it's going to be at least decent. Like you said, three, three and a half. Jade has had three-star matches before, so she can, I think she can do it again. So, yeah, I'm actually, let's bump it up before the, the heat now. My excitement about the match, you convince me. <laughs> I can't believe I talked you into being more excited oh, yeah. about Jade Cargill versus Ty Valkyrie, but yeah. here we are. And let, let's move to the other women's match because I think this has a ton of intrigue around it. And that's Jamie Hayter defending the AEW Women's Championship against Tony Storm. The woman she beat for it at All Out. Where are you sitting here? Eight. Yeah, um, let's go. I'm really excited about this match, especially. Because I really don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's really important here. Because any of them can win. Plus, there's the, there's the rumors that Hater is possibly injured or or maybe has something that she has to go over for a while. Any of them can win the title. And Hater can get it back on the big summer that we have, especially all in London. It will be a great match because... Hater, hater is always knocking it, knocking it out of the park. She's, both of them are great wrestler, and I'm intrigued to see what are the next steps in this story. Where where's the outcast stories going? So we'll this Sunday we'll find out. That's why I'm excited. Great match, good story. We'll know the results. Plus, we are gonna see the next chapter of the outcast story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit lower than you. I'm at a seven, but I am one. You're going to get these two women beating the ever living shit out of each other. And I am excited for it. Um, they have been telling us for a while that Jamie Hader is injured. They kind of wrote her off TV with uh, Tony storm drop kicking her arm slash shoulder into the steel stairs. And Tony mentioned in the media call earlier on Thursday that they haven't been hiding that she's hurt. And mm-hmm. to me, that tells us that there's a good chance that they take the title off of her. And I wonder if this could be an instance where you get a little bit more of a squash than an actual good match. And this is a story title change rather than a great match title change because of that injury angle. Plus you have the outcasts are just shit bags and that's kind of how they're utilizing their heel tactics. They, literally just hate everybody and they're going to literally do anything they want and they're going to be rebels and they're going to 
cheat and do dastardly things. And I could totally see a situation where they do exactly that in quick fashion. And then Jamie Hader ends up going off to uh, rehab slash have surgery and heal up and hopefully be back for all in because that would be tremendous for her to be able to perform at that show. But I think the, how, as you kind of mentioned, how they elevate the story and utilize this in this outcast feud, I think is going to be really telling how they kind of portray it here. Um, there's a lot of interesting things they can do. How will they accomplish it? I think is going to be the really yeah. big question. Um, there, I think there's also a chance that uh, haters is injured, but she's fine and she just retains and they advance the Britt Baker story with that. Like, I think I, I'm not sold on anything right now. Yeah. And I think that level of intrigue with how in depth the story is kind of becoming um, is why my interest level is so high. Oh yeah. And if it's a squash, I hope it's a glorious squash. One of those squashes that you don't forget. So that's another, the other option that you mentioned that now mm -hmm. that just sold me on it. I would like to see a squash too. If the, if the match cannot happen, like a, like a great match cannot happen because she's injured. The squash is the way to go. A quick beat down that yes. just knocks her out for a couple of months until August. Oh, that would be tremendous. I would oh, yeah. absolutely love for that to happen. We'll see. Um, just knows green spray paint. I'm already sick of the green spray paint oh, yeah. jargon bullcrap, but that is what it is. Let's move on to the uh, the first of two um, matches that don't involve a title. And we already mentioned a little bit earlier, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho unsanctioned sanction match with Sabu as the special guest enforcer. Where are you at here, Abraham? Six, thanks to Sabu. Only Sabu, six? I will say seven with Sabu. It was a six before. Now it's a okay. seven. Because I just, I don't know. Like, I understand the story, but I don't know why it's not catching me. I'm not the biggest Alan Cole fan. Maybe that's part of it. Well, he's one of those wrestlers that I'm not a big fan of, but I understand why people love him, and I like watching him in the ring. But there's something, I don't know why. I think he's going to win. I think the story will probably end here. Do you think so? Or do you think they will stretch this out for a couple of more months? That's what I'm intrigued by. I think it really depends on what your plans with Adam Cole are. Um, yeah. Because... I, I, I wouldn't shock me if Adam Cole wins the title within six months. It also mm -hmm. wouldn't shock me if Adam Cole doesn't win the title for like four years. Like he's so over, you don't necessarily have to have him win the title, but he, he also could be the kind of um, rest with the fans want to hold the title to be able to uh, kind of elevate it, at least initially and maybe pop a couple houses. They already trusted him with a, a main event of a pay-per-view and mm -hmm. a, like one of those big dynamites. So that's interesting to me. I'm at a, I'm at an eight with this. Hey. I, Chris Jericho, like we've talked about a lot. He's still doing some of the best work of his career and he's 53 yeah. years old. Like, um, the, the stuff like we talked, let me ask you this. We talked a lot about that Britt Baker black eye shirt. Yeah. What did you think of the Britt Baker shirt? I think it was just 
I did not like the shirt because if you're not a wrestling fan, it is kind of weird to be if you see that shirt on the street. Because mm-hmm. if that shirt doesn't scream, I'm a I'm a wrestler or I'm a MMA, MMA fighter. It just screams, I'm a woman with a black eye. Maybe people will think it's like a scene from a movie. It's just maybe that they won't go to the domestic violence, but then maybe they will go, why is he wearing a shirt? I think it's just like a bad design <laughs> and a bad shirt that I have no idea why. Like I understand the like the, the the shirt that had her bleeding like all like the from the polar rosa match remember remember that shirt yeah um yeah. i thought i thought I think, that shirt was awesome yeah that um, shirt was awesome and she actually had her wrestling gear on you could see part of the ring so it has mm-hmm. context the other one doesn't have any context and this is just weird if you see it in the wild so now, now let me ask you this: How did you feel? Not not as the shirt as a whole, as far as like merchandise. How did you feel about Chris Jericho wearing the shirt? I think he was just being an asshole. He was just being, you know, a heelish asshole, and he's just trying to provoke Adam Cole. And I mm-hmm. think that's all. Like uh, that's how I see it: just a bad guy doing bad guy stuff. Yeah, and I think if you look at it from that context, I think it fits perfectly into the story. Yeah. Adam Cole obviously sees him come out with it, and then right after the match, sprints and goes, kicks his ass, and then exactly. Jericho gets the lawyers involved, and so does Roderick Strong. <laughs> like I, I think that Jericho is just doing some tremendous, tremendous work right now, yeah. and I didn't like the shirt in general because I thought... Yeah. The, like you said, it lacked that context. It like If you saw somebody wearing that shirt of a woman with a black eye uh, on like your mind may not jump to as you kind of mentioned, but my mind kind of jumps to domestic violence and whether that's fair or foul. Cause I know Britt Baker mentioned like, if I wasn't a woman, there would be no issues with it. Well, yeah, yeah I agree. But as a, as far as like a, like a stats will show you women are the ones who are, who get victimized in domestic violence a lot more than men do. Yep. And that's like, it's a huge problem in this country and worldwide. Like exactly. that's, that's why, and that's why the first shirt with her bloody, just smiling in wrestling gear, I still wouldn't wear that shirt, but that's yeah. why that shirt was cool. And that's why, because you have that context built in, it's okay. Do you and even have you, her gear? You can see the gear because you yeah. know, it's, you know, it's a wrestling match. So you will go, maybe you won't wear, like I won't wear that shirt, but, if I see it and I don't know about it, I will go, hey, who's that woman? Why is she a wrestler? But if you mm-hmm. see the other one, that you, that won't come to mind. Exactly. But I will say that it, it fit the, the motif of Chris Jericho's character perfectly to be just a shitbag and wear that shirt. And how they've continued to build this, the segment that they had last night, I thought was awesome. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole, just a super fiery baby face, and Jericho just being a snarmy, like, like bitchy heel like just this whole thing has been really good i'm not the biggest adam cole fan in the world i think he's a solid wrestler that can give you four and a quarter four and a half star matches when paired with the right people and he can give you a decent a good four star match like if you put him with a g1 he'll give you a great match against ishii he'll give you a great match against okada but if he's going up against i don't know sonata 
that's oh, yeah. three and a quarter, <laughs> three and a half. Like he's not going to be able to take things to the next level with guys who can't already get there, uh, like by themselves. And I think that's kind of where I have him pegged. And I, I, I think this is tremendous. I'm excited to see the outside of ring shenanigans with Roderick Strong, with Sabu, the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I think this could be really, really good. And continuing with Chris Jericho in non-traditional like one-on-one matches is great for his career because he, can, he has more creative freedom, which is where his brain really comes into play. I, I think this could be really, really good. Yeah, um, the guy still still has it. It's incredible. I wish I could like if I had a career like his, I would be so happy in anything I do in my with my life. Like he's just fighting on all cylinders at fifty something. He's still doing great work, and I, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's this is going to be a lot of fun. And if this feud continues, I'm all for it because this has just been some really good stuff. Let's, let's move on. We're going to save the other non-title match for, um, for later on, because that's arguably the biggest match on the show. Let's move to the blackjack battle Royal. And I, I found this very interesting. And what I really found interesting about this, Abraham on the marquee for this match, the poster they have 21 faces on it. They don't have one random. There's 21 guys on here, which tells me that they are not going to have a your traditional Joker, the surprise. And that is very interesting. So let me read off the names that are on the poster. We obviously have Champion Orange Cassidy, um, The Busher, The Blade, Bandito, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Commander, Kip Sabian, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, Ray Phoenix, Penta El Ceramiero, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Tony Nice, Arya Divari, Brian Cage, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, Ricky Starks, Jay White, and Orange Cassidy. It feels like this match is weird like there's a bunch of jags in there and then there's some like really high profile names like this company's great with battle royals so i'm not gonna deny that this is a bad match how do you feel about this match in the build because the build itself has been very interesting i just what i would have liked to see is see like all of the like from the i don't think he's going to wrestle all of the people that have wrestled him in the past like there are a few missing i think the the concept will have worked better if you put in all of his previous opponents at least the ones that are still there and it will have been like a better match but yeah you're right if there are a lot of jacks in the match but um and i think that the big ones will eliminate themselves like ricky starks and jay white and I think he will um, keep the title because I don't think he's going to lose the title in a 20-man blackjack battle royal. Maybe if there was like a surprise wrestler, maybe that surprise wrestler will have um, ele- like won the title and maybe eliminated him, eliminated him. But so we'll see what 
my excitement about the match, I will say a, a mm. six because I'm excited to see what happens, especially mm -hmm. with some of the big names that are there. They will probably eliminate each other. They will get the international title, but I'm still intrigued to see how they will like construct the battle royal. Yeah. Um, I know uh, I, I even mentioned that like on the marquee, there's 21 faces. It wouldn't shock me because I, I still remember um, when Mick Foley entered the Royal Rumble in 2004, the year Chris Benoit won, like the, they did an angle with Tess where Tess got his, his ass kicked in the back and Stone Cold yells at Mick Foley to get out there. Nobody knows it's him because it's a surprise return. And he comes out and like goes and attacks Orton. Like a, a young white meat baby face, even though he's a heel, Randy Orton, um, and then just beats him to a bloody pulp. But I, I wonder if they could do something like that because right now I'm at a six because I do like what this title reign has been, and I would find it odd to um, beat him like this. But I almost feel like this is the way to beat him because of how they've done his reign. He just takes on all comers. He just defends it all the time, relentlessly. And now he's almost getting too big for his britches where he's like, okay, I'm going to face 20 guys for this title. And then this is where he ends up losing it. I think it could be an interesting storyline. He's obviously selling injuries as he's defended it. I think 22 times now yeah. a record that may never be broken with this company. It's it's the way they book. This is going to be very fascinating and telling as far as what they are planning on doing. And I think that could be, it's going to be a fun and entertaining match regardless, but yeah. the booking is going to tell us a lot. I think he's going to lose it on his next defense after the Battle Royale. I think the Battle Royale will be like one of the last straws that he won't be able to deal with it anymore. But at the same mm -hmm. time, like you said, that's the like stacks are waiting for him to lose it. But I would prefer if it's like, one to three if somebody does it one to three in the middle of the ring maybe as someone they want to establish maybe rush anybody like i would like to see i will be interested to see what's next so but yeah you're right about the this being just like the last drop for him and it will work either way if he loses or wins in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're you you know what I mean? Like you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, hey, look at some random cards, or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards. It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. 
you get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the Slap Pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great Slap Packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club Slap Packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. But yeah, I think he's, um, I think there's just I think I don't know why I feel that there's one more title match for him. I do love the idea of Roosh um, being a bigger push in this company. I think with more TV time, Roosh is going to get that push because he's been oh, yeah. so good in this company and he's followed the company line. He's gotten beat a lot. And I think he's from an outside perspective, he's earned the trust of the booking to be able to get that push and do business because he's continued to do business and do things the right way because uh, for better or worse. And Abraham, you know, you can probably speak on this um, that better than I can because you host Los Lucha Jobbers. But I, I feel like fans in Mexico don't pay as much attention to American wrestling because every time he's gone back to Mexico, he's still like one of the biggest stars in the world. It like as far as like in like a like in a territory, Roosh is a, among one of the top stars. Like if you place a wrestler anywhere in the world, and I don't think losing matters so much as long as he's doing an AEW. But would would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, especially because since he's out doing it in the United States, he's doing it in international TV. That gives him the cachet that other wrestlers don't have. That also helps for him to lose. 
Like mm-hmm. for example, when he in Ring of Honor, he was just on like regional channels, maybe on the Ring of Honor website. Like right now, even if he loses, he's still kicking ass. He's still looking good, and he's doing it on international TV. And people might see him as, oh my god, even though he's losing, he's doing amazing stuff in other countries, in the United States, in AEW. Oh, that's awesome. So that's why I, don't, I think that's why he's behaving. And also because he knows that he would probably get an opportunity to do something if he keeps behaving, <laughs> unlike in the past. Yeah, um, I, I, I would love to see more Roosh. Um, I like the idea that somebody brought up, and I think it was the flagship, uh, turning the AEW international title into like this version of the cruiserweights title, but instead of cruiserweights, luchadors, because AEW has continued to bring in really talented luchadors. Yeah. And I love that idea because lucha is not a style that is utilized a lot in American wrestling. But when it's utilized really well, it's some of the best wrestling in the world. And the fans really seem to dig it. Like, I, what do you think of that idea? Do you think it's something that can work long term? Do you think there's an there's enough lucha talent um, in AEW right now to make it work, or would they need to add more? I think they will need to add more. But instead of only having like lucha, like wrestling from Mexico, I will just add in everyone from around the world. Just look for talent and have the international title division just be really international. I think that will be an even better idea. But just like they mentioned on the flagship, they're right. Just having the international title center on people like Rooch, Vikingo, Commander will be great. And then you just have like, you just bring flagging wrestler from Japan, maybe some South America, and just have maybe uh in obviously indie talent from the US, and just have like a give it like a really international feel, and just be the it will make it stand out from the TNT and the and the World Heavyweight. Just, I think it, it will work if they if Tony Khan decides to decides to go that way. Yeah, um, I I do like that idea, but th- th- there's something about kind of having that kind of hyper focus on the title, and it, I think what, what could be really cool is almost like. What whoever holds the title that kind of dictates the style of the match. Like you don't have to outwardly say it, but if a luchador is holding it, it's a lucha match. If like um somebody like a Japanese wrestler is holding it, it's more strong style or King's Road. If uh like uh, somebody from the South is holding it, you you do you do kind of like Memphis Heat. Like I think that could be a really fun direction to kind of carry the title, but. We'll see. I'm very excited to see how this title is going to be booked post Orange Cassidy because he's held it for so long. Which uh, honestly, it's it's like a good TV champion. You just keep defending it and have good TV matches, and he's been a stalwart at that, and he deserves oh, praise. The, the man also deserves like a couple months off because he's oh, been yeah. working his butt off in the ring. Um, let's let's move on because we have some other really intriguing matches to talk about. Wardlow will be defending. Uh, the TNT title in a ladder match against Christian Cage. How excited are you for this, Abraham? I'm a seven again. Okay. I'm a seven. I'm a seven because actually an eight because I just cannot bet against Christian. He has been amazing in AEW. And even when 
he goes away and I forget about him. Then he comes back and does that father's promo. Oh my God, that was just mind blowing. I was just dying at, at the father's promo in Detroit. And obviously, and I cannot bet against Christian on a ladder match. I just cannot bet. I can bet against, like, it's impossible to go to bet against Christian. Warlow will win, obviously. His next opponent will probably be Luchasaurus. But I'm really intrigued to see what they come up with in a one-on-one ladder match. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I think Christian wins this, and I, I hate it. Um, I, I'm, I'm at an eight because I think Wardlow and Christian in a ladder match. Christian's one of the innovators of the ladder match. I mean, he didn't do the first one, but he was a part of the, the six men that really, um, really made the ladder match what it is today and helped kind of set the tone for what they would become. I think Christian winning the title would be great for booking because of what Christian's run has been. Christian is on the best run of his career. He oh, yeah. is like that promo from a couple weeks ago where you think you thought he was going to reference Arn Anderson's dead son, but instead he referenced he was referencing <laughs> Brock because Christian's an asshole. He's not a mega asshole. <laughs> um, I, I do think that it was like he's just been doing some tremendous, tremendous, tremendous stuff. And I want to see how that can continues to grow. And I think having him with the title and just being a shitbag heel would be a lot of fun. But it also would kill Wardlow, where he's unless you're going to do another lose and chase, which you've already done multiple times. You did with Samojo, you did with Powerhouse Hobbs. Are you really going to do it a third time with Christian Cage? Uh, but Wardlow just beating Christian Cage, even if they do the Luchasaurus thing afterwards, like I, I just feel like there's more juice to squeeze out of a Christian title run than there is with anything Wardlow, because yeah. I think. For better or worse, in the last year since he beat MJF with the Powerbomb Symphony, he has been a uh, – It's his run has kind of been a dud. It's yep. been very disappointing. So I want to see how like how they can kind of make this title better because it's not great with Wardlow right now, and that's not really his fault. Wait, well, are you surprised about what happened with Wardlow? Would you blame the booking or the wrestler in this instance? 70% booking. Um, I, I think he was put in positions where he w- he wasn't ready to be successful, and that's not on him. Um, that's on the booker. If as like th- He also could have been booked so much better. And, y- you know, Tony Khan is a tremendous booker, but he has his flaws, just like everybody who yeah. books professional wrestling. I think when you, when you kind of have that, it it's a really tough ask and sometimes not everything's going to hit. And the stuff with Wardlow outside of the MJF thing, none of it's hit. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was actually surprised. I actually thought he, thought he was going to do better. I was not thinking that he was going to be like a world champion or something by the end of the year. Not by the end of the year, but I yeah. think he's, a, I think he's, he is the, the the pillar that they wanted to build around without calling him one of the pillars because yeah. he was a long-term project yeah but they just he has been the managing returns he just i mean just failed and i don't think he can, i don't think he, be, he, be, he can actually come back from that that's why i think he's going to win on sunday because i think maybe they're trying to like revive revive him 
maybe this mm -hmm. is like they trying to do it right so that's what's going on in my mind uh, yeah so I, let's hopefully he'll get better hopefully he gets better opportunities but we'll see yeah um i'm very intrigued to see how they end up finishing this match because it would not shock me if we have some arn anderson interference and or luchasaurus um shenanigans in order to kind of finish this out uh especially with uh after they beat up uh wardlow a couple weeks ago on dynamite and arn anderson i should have been out there with you like i i feel like they're alluding to something happening you're moving forward and i think that's that's going to be the big intrigue for me mm -hmm. next up we have three matches left to go on the card let's talk about one of the more interesting matches um, FTR against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal for the AEW World Tag Team Championships with Mark Briscoe as the special guest referee. Um, Briscoe confronted FTR about um, Dax pile driving him. He slaps the hell out of Dax and they try to calm him down. He slaps him again, leaves the ring, and uh, pushes Karen Jarrett, uh, punches Jeff Jarrett, get, like knocks uh, Sanjay Dutt off the uh, stage and looks at Jay Lethal. You're my boy. I'm sick of this bullshit. And I, this has been pretty good. What do you think? I liked it. And that last moment, what he said to Jay Leto, just put it over the top for me. Like, he's just tired of this bullshit. And he's just going to call it right now in the middle, this match. And, and we'll see what happens. I think it has been a really good build. I, it has been interesting, funny. I won't forget the when Dot when Jay Little and the crew visited Mark Briscoe's farm. That was a great segment. And I think they have built it around perfectly. Obviously, FDR is gonna, I think he's gonna win. Mark Briscoe is probably gonna get mad at um gonna get mad at Jay Little and Son and Jeff Jada for doing something in the match, maybe try to cheat or something. But it has been a really fun build. And I love what happened on Dynamite. You know, that I'm tired of this bullshit line. It's just a, like a perfect ending for the for the match to go next to the match next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm at a seven. I I think the Mark Briscoe element of this has been awesome. Um the the trip to the chicken farm with Papa Briscoe, I thought was just great. And Papa Briscoe straight up telling him, I don't trust any of these guys, not even, not even lethal. And he, he like from the time of ring of honor, he knows who Jay lethal is. He knows Jay lethal. And then like the courtship of Mark Briscoe at that point, and then the inclusion of FTR. And I, I think this has been really, really good. And what's really fascinating to me is how they book this match. Are they going to finally give Jeff Jarrett a title in this company when I feel like they should have done so a couple months ago because of how hot he is? He is so red hot. And it's Jeff Jarrett. Like, this is some of the best work of his career as far as like a drawing perspective because he didn't really draw that well in TNA. He didn't really draw no. that well in WCW. People want to see Jeff Jarrett now. And he's not a, not a major player. He's kind of in a perfect role. Uh, I, I love the, like lethal is the workhorse of the team. Jeff Jarrett is still like shitbag Jeff Jarrett look, looking like, like a million Tennessee bucks, but it's, 
I, I would love to see them as champions, but if they don't, if uh, FTR retains, are we just going to get an FTR claimed match? And then how are they going to run that back? I think there's a lot of different things they could do. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how the booking lays out for this. Oh yeah. I just, I have been loving Jeff Jarrett so much in AEW. Like it's, it's not even funny. And I think that he should have won in revolution. That was just, that was his moment. Uh, so yeah, I'm intrigued about this match. I think FTR is still retaining, but I wonder if, we, if they will eventually pull the trigger on Jared and Lethal. Yeah. Um, Lethal is, he's like the most boring worker of all time. And I don't necessarily, <laughs> I, so sorry, let me rephrase that. He's the most boring, great worker of all time because he's a really, really top notch worker who does not make mistakes, has really good matches. But I'm, I'm just never really into him. I haven't been into him since Black Machismo, like oh, not wow. even the, not even the House of Truth stuff. Like I wasn't really into the Truth Martini thing. Like he's, I I always enjoy watching him wrestle, but I never want to seek him out. He's just kind of there, and it, it he's like a a really good version of the Miz. Oh damn, those are harsh words. I, really? I don't mean that as an insult. He, he <laughs> know, all, he's yeah, he's always there, but he's a really good worker. And like Miz is always there, but he's also the Miz, and he never learned how to catch a wrestler. Yeah, I don't know how that happens, but after over ten years, but I understand your your feelings about Jay Lethal. He's one of those wrestlers. If he's there, I don't mind. I'll enjoy his matches. Mm-hmm. But exactly, just like you, I won't seek him out. If somebody tells me, hey, Jay Lethal had a great match in, I don't know, in the UK against, I don't know, Will Ospreay, I will probably won't look for that match. But if it's on my TV on Wednesday while I'm watching Dynamite or any wrestling show, I don't mind that he's in there. So I get I get, I get it. Yeah, I, 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 well, this is going to be... There's some fascinating booking opportunities coming from this show, and we've already talked about it, but the next match is probably where the most fascinating ones come into play, and that is Anarchy in the Arena, the Blackpool Combat Club team of Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta take on the reunited elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page. I am really, really excited for this match. I am a 10 out of 10. There we go. Um, I'm really happy. I'm really excited about this match. And I'm really excited excited about what happens next. I honestly think that this is their this is they're gonna the lead is gonna win and then they're gonna go the separate ways. They're gonna do their forbidden door programs, their all-in programs, and they're gonna their summer programs will come after this. I don't think they will keep like the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite will still be at each other's throats. Maybe they will, like, I don't think there will be like a blood and gut with them in the future. I think this is it. I don't, I have that feeling. I don't know why, especially with the Don Collins element. Maybe he will distract a little bit. So yeah, I'm really excited, especially after the promos on the go home. Mm-hmm. Mostly, can't sell me anything 
mocks me can just convince me to go anywhere in the world i swear yeah he's so good and, and when he's talking about all of the violence and all the, i'm like oh my god i'm with you just do the match right now i can't wait till sunday just just fucking do it now and i'm so i think that's why you have all these great workers and i think part of the reason why dynamite went like a little bit down is because you have all of these great workers on the same storyline and it has been great so maybe that's also another reason why i think they're gonna like the team is gonna like they're gonna spread this out they're gonna spread all of these wrestlers all of the card again and what can mm -hmm. i say i'm just excited about this match 10 out of 10. i'm at a 40. um <laughs> i when the first anarchy of the arena match uh was announced between um uh the pinnacle and the um was it the Jericho Appreciation Society at that point? Yeah. Or, no, it was the Inner Circle. The Jericho Appreciation Society, I think, formed later on that year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, wait, because um, it, no, because I think it was the it was the Jericho Appreciation Society because Daddy Magic was there. The okay, match. so um, who did like it was Eddie Eddie Kingston famously came back came down with the gas can. I remember yeah. that. Uh, I might, I might be remembering completely wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, and, and Daniel Son almost died in the match. Yeah, he was choked in the match. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna find you though. Okay, we're gonna do I'm it. I'm looking now. at. I'm looking it up I right it. now. I okay. have it. I have it here. It is the Jericho Appreciation Society against the Blackpool Combat Club, which which was Daniel Son and Moxley. Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. Okay. So yeah, it, yeah, because he had Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jack, Jake Hager, Angelo Parker, and Matt Menard. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I, I completely forgot it was the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Well, but look, I'm, I'm so incredibly excited. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, this is going to be tremendous. And the first one, I was like, okay, how are they going to do this? I mean, obviously, you have Chris Jericho. You've got John Moxley. You've got some tremendous like wrestling minds. But at the end of the day, you're talking about and it's almost like a cinematic match yeah. in real time. And I thought it was so well done. It was my match of the year last year. It was my second match of the year. For the second match for me, maybe it, maybe it wasn't my match of the year. It was it was up there. Um, I'm gonna pull it up because I, yeah, I want to pull it up. Um, I knew I was if I was I no, knew I, was I had uh, it was my third match of the year because I had Punk MJF as one the dog collar match, and then FTR Briscoe's dog collar is two. Oh damn! Yeah, um, I. I had eight five star matches last year, but I, I also think I'm a I'm a very generous grader, um, and I'm I'm okay with that. I, I just if I love it, I love it. I don't I don't yeah, really care. Cool. It's fine. But I I'm very excited to see what these guys will do because the elite um, obviously doing Stadium Stampede um, with the JAS um, they 
they understand how to incorporate big spots and stuff like this. They have a really good mind for wrestling. So does John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli. Like you've got some brilliant wrestling minds and they can put together something really special. I, I'm intrigued to see how they kind of take it to another level. I don't know how they're going to beat Eddie Kingston coming down bloody with a can of gasoline, but I do think that they're going to find a way to do something. And I'm really excited to see what that's going to be. Cause it, I, I have a feeling this could end up being match of the year for a lot of people because of who's involved. The only other time they've done this match went really, 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 really well. And this feud has been arguably the best thing in professional wrestling for the past three months. Hey, Amen. And that year has so many unforgettable moments. Like when Joe Moxley's songs kept running for the first few minutes of the match, and then the song stopped, and when it started again, the crowd exploded. That moment is unforgettable. And then Chris Jericho just cutting out the music like an evil heel that he was. Oh my God, it's gonna, they're gonna make, it's gonna be very memorable next year, this year. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. This is going to be a lot of fun, and oh, I'm yeah. very, 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 very excited about it. Um, ratings just came in for last night's AEW Dynamite. Oh. No, not going against basketball. Um, Eight hundred forty-six thousand viewers and a point three two in eighteen to forty-nine. That the that. 18 to 49 is a very good number. Um, it's the best number they've done out uh, tied with the cage match um, in some time. So I'll take that. And that, that was going up against a three hour survivor finale last night. Ooh. And my wife and I were watching some of the survivor finale live because my wife hates professional wrestling. So I was, uh, I was being nice. Um, plus I, I, I still don't know who won and I'm, we're going to watch the rest of it tonight, but not bad. Um, last match, Abraham, we have the four pillars, AEW world championship match. MJF defends the title against jungle boy, Jack Perry, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara in one of the weirdest title builds I've ever seen in my damn life. How are you feeling? Uh, I'll go with a five because I still think it's going to be a great match, but the build has been bad. He has been mm-hmm. It would be like a mix of weird and bad, and you don't know who you could blame. I mean, two of the two of the four have, I mean, have uh, shot the bed, but I, I still think it would be a great match. I'm intrigued to see how MJF wins because he will win. I think he will pin Jungle Boy, and it, that would possibly make Jungle Boy Jack Perry go to the dark side, maybe. And I'm just, yeah, just being like a weird build, just really weird. They tried to salvage it this last three weeks, but still I cannot forget all of the promos and the insider things and uh, the partners that don't get along. Just uh, And I was not into that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a six. Because I do think the match will be great, as you said. The build has mostly been bad. Um, but I I want to give Tony Khan some credit. But he it's also to a detriment as well. 
he tried something with this and he tried to give these guys a chance to kind of take their platform to a new level, take where their characters are at and grow them. And they missed the layup. They did not do a great job. Um, I think what we're getting set up for is a double turn. I think jungle boys going heel and Sammy Guevara is going face, which Guevara going face is going to be fascinating because I think he's just, I, watching EW all access, it felt like they were planting the seeds to make him a baby face. I think he's just a natural heel because he has that. Like it's kind of like Yoda Suji. Yoda Suji has that prick face where he just looks like a prick and it doesn't matter how nice he is. I think Sammy Guevara has a little bit of that. He just has a face you want to punch and it's not necessarily a fault of his own. And he comes across as a genuine human being in a pro wrestling context, he looks like an asshole. And I don't know how that's going to work, but I think that's what they're going to try. And I'm very intrigued to see what that looks like. I think Jungle Boy going heel is a great move. He needs depth. He needs to do something different. He can't have the Jungle Booties forever. It's been four yep. years. You can give him a fresh coat of paint at this point. He's already entrenched. He already has his fans. And now you're going to give him – it's like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was a babyface for too long before they turned him heel. I don't think we're quite at that point with Jungle Boy, but I think turning him heel could do him a lot of good in a similar vein to Roman Reigns. It also could bomb. Like, Jungle Boy is not a certainty in any way, shape, or form, but Tony Khan believes he could be a top guy. If you're going to be a top guy, you need to get character depth and you need to get, you need to be a heel. And I think that's kind of where they're going. I think this match could be really good. I, Part of me questions if MJF retains the title. I, I, I'm not 100% sold he keeps it because I think you could do an M, like a, a heel turn and maybe cost MJF the title. Maybe you do a transitional reign. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm for this. I, I'm just kind of yeah. thinking out loud here of different possibilities. Maybe you do Jungle Boy turns heel and um, like pin Sammy Guevara and part of that double turn and MJF loses the belt and he loses his absolute mind and he wins it back in a few weeks. Um, I think that's something you could do. Um, I don't know. I don't think they will do it. I'm just kind of spitballing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not certain MJF retains the title. Like it, it feels like Tony may actually want to go with one of these pillars. And that's going to say a lot about one, what he thinks of the pillars and two, what can the one of these guys do with the belt going into arguably the biggest three month stretch in the history of all elite wrestling? Maybe they'll do the new Japan thing where they give the title to somebody for like a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Just like you said, and just take it away from him and then give it to that same wrestler, like two years later, mm-hmm. maybe that's the idea here. If MJF loses not, now that I think about it, it will. If he wins it like quickly, it is not the worst. I like. It's not a bad idea either. Just to see how much Tony trusts the other three. So that will be the intriguing part too. Yeah, it, this is going to be a fascinating, fascinating pay per view. And even though the build has been really wonky, it's been outwardly bad at times mm-hmm. it's still an AEW pay-per-view i still think it's going to deliver the they have had multiple 
pay-per-views. And after fixing that, like, hey, middle of the show, this is just boring stuff where they just didn't have a, quite enough roster depth and they were trying to stack the beginning and ends. Yeah. I think after fixing that, they've had multiple shows that have been like shows of a lifetime all oh, yeah. out 2021 where you and I were in that suite. Oh, and yeah. then, oh yeah, one of the best shows of all time. Um, and then Revolution had, for me, three five-star matches on it. That's an insane number that maybe only a Wrestle Kingdom could touch. Like this, this could, I don't think it'll end up being on the pantheon of those shows, but it wouldn't shock me if the, like say the inmates of cage match ranked this at, after it was all said and done, it was like an 8.6 because this, this could end up being a really good show based on kind of everything we talked about today. Yeah. And, and a lot of intriguing decisions that can make. And that will establish the next, the next, the, the big summer that's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited about this summer. I gotta say. Let me yes. ask you this before we, yeah. we head out here today, Abraham, because Forbidden Door, like they moved Dominion up. Dominion is now June fourth, so it yep. is a week from Sunday. Unlike in past years, where it's been like the ninth or the twelfth, and then that leaves a much shorter time frame to build up to forbidden door. And I think that was done out of courtesy to AEW just to move it up and yeah, do things that way. Do you think we see any new Japan involvement in double or nothing? And meaning like, do we see like Okada and John Moxley are obviously positioning themselves probably for a singles match at forbidden door. That would be my guess. They obviously had the six man tag at resurgence. Uh, there's going to be a tag team match with Shooter and John Moxley against Tanahashi and Okada at Dominion. Do we see maybe Okada try to cost Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club? Um, what's what's going to happen to Anarchy in the arena? Do you see any kind of other storylines maybe starting here? I don't see it. I think that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen on on Wednesday on Dynamite. I don't. I think Sunday they're just gonna do all of the AEW stuff and then start building Forbidden Door starting next Wednesday. I have that feeling. Especially since on Sunday they have the Best of the Super Juniors final. And I think mm-hmm. they will have the heavyweights on that show. So I think Okada will be wrestling on Sunday. What will be Sunday morning to us? So okay. I don't I don't think they'll get to Vegas. You're probably right, but I, I'm very intrigued to see what that could look like if it does end up happening. But yeah. that's the best part. You got to watch the show. And if you are streaming outside of the United States, as Abraham knows, the best way to do so is on Fight. And the best way to do so to help us is voiceofwrestling.com slash fight to give us a little bit of a uh, kickback and help out us out here at the network. Abraham, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show. It's been great to talk with you again. I don't think we've had an opportunity to talk since that all-out bonanza that we had back in 2021. Uh, Where can the people find you and your work? And tell us about Los Lucha Jobbers as well. You can find me on Twitter at ABR012, on Instagram, Slimape101. And I am the co-host of the podcast Lucha Jobbers. It is what I call one of the best Spanish language pro wrestling podcasts you will hear. If you want to know, want to learn a little bit, if you are learning Spanish or do you know a Spanish speaking friend, you can send them our podcast. 
we don't do them weekly. We try to do like two episodes a month and we talk about the most important news and we talk about our favorite stuff from that month. We talk about shows or matches from all around, all around the world, the US, Japan, Mexico, the UK, whatever catches our attention or, or has a people talking, we will talk about it. And what makes our podcast different from other Spanish language podcasts is because more, if you go out to listen to other podcasts in Spanish, they would probably focus only on WWE stuff. And we don't do that. We talk about big WWE news, like the, like the sale or Vince McMahon stuff, the big events. But we will focus more on the wrestling world at large, talking about AEW or New Japan or Dragon Gate all Japan. See, that's why we try to, that's how we are different from the other podcasts. So if you want to give us a chance, it will be great. Absolutely. And I, I can say as an expert in uh, Spanish speaking, es muy bueno um, yeah. that, that you and Ricardo are two brilliant wrestling minds. And if uh, I would highly recommend going to check it out as you should check out this pay-per-view this upcoming Sunday afternoon. Fred and I are already discussing a possibility of recording a special episode, breaking down the pay-per-view. If not, you will hear us back at our normal time next Thursday, where Fred will finally be back from vacation. He is currently eating all the best food in New Orleans right now, enjoying the French Quarter, and I absolutely hate him for it. But we will have some fun. Um, thank you again, Abraham, for joining us, and enjoy Double or Nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Hola, hola, my name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.